With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for joining us here today. This is Irish Illustrated Insider. I'm Tim Priester with Tim O'Malley from Irish Illustrated. Pete Sampson from The Athletic is here as well. And it's Tuesday, January 17th. Pushed our podcast back a day uh, here. And we have plenty to talk about Notre Dame. Since our last podcast, Notre Dame added Ohio State defensive end transfer, grad transfer, Javante Jean-Baptiste. And then yesterday, Tom Loy uh, from 24-7 Sports had a whole bunch of crystal balls to throw out towards uh, Notre Dame and uh, eight recruits that were in town for junior day. It was a big junior day. Uh, six of Notre Dame's verbal commitments were here as well. We'll talk more about them. But I want to start first with defensive end Javante Jean-Baptiste. I thought that <laughs> it's a huge addition for Notre Dame because he is immediately Notre Dame's best pass rusher. I guess Jordan Batella would have an argument there as well. But, I mean, he comes in as a guy that Notre Dame needs immediately a defensive end to rush the quarterback. And we agree on the Viper role. I know other places and at least other people have mentioned he could be a strong side end. But the only reason I think that would be the choice is they could need more help there, which sounds weird because, as you said, he might be their best pass rusher. But I think Nano Safa Mensa is a good reserved strong side end. And Riley Mills's future is probably inside. So I get the argument that you put him where he needed. He's needed. But the real argument is. He's a value add to Notre Dame because he helps in the aggregate. They need good players on the defensive line. He's definitely a rotation player at a minimum. I mean, I I checked with some sources around Ohio state about him. Um, You know, the feedback you get is like his length makes him very difficult uh, to, to block, um, but is not a extremely high motor kid either. That's like sort of the, the knock on him there. So, I mean, they, they need the body type badly um and i think he's you know he will be somebody who will come in and and be a maybe a starter maybe not but like he will play a lot of snaps regardless when he arrived at ohio state which was 2018 this will be his sixth year since since high school he was he was 215 pounds he was an outside linebacker so uh they've had to convert him to defensive end and i i agree with with uh pete i had source as well that talked about, you know, just motor. I think the big concern is being stout enough against uh, against the run. Now, he's 255 now, but he is clearly, he's a pass rusher. He's a guy that can, he can dip his shoulder. He can get around the edge. And Tim, to your point about Viper or strong side, I, I mean, I think he can, I think he would be on the field. As we project it now, you could see him on the field with Botello at, at Viper and him on the strong side, but only in, only in certain passing downs, pass rush. I just don't see how he would hold up against the run on a consistent basis on, on the strong side, but a definite need. He has, he has eight sacks in very limited uh, work. I'm uh, it's TJ. I don't have the name in front of me, the starter 
at Ohio State that started ahead of him. I'm told that he's by Ohio State people that he's a freak, and so there was no way that that Jean Baptiste was was uh, going to beat him out. But he's a player that Notre Dame needs. He can rush the quarterback. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I also think, and this includes when we we're talking about Harper joining. Um, you really don't look at it. You, they don't have to be in a certain position at all times. That's not actually how football's played anymore. I mean, Tariq Bracey was Notre Dame's nickel, and he played plenty of field corner. You, you try to look at the alignments of everybody. They're all over the place. That's just how it works. But I, I agree. He's not going to sit there and set the edge for a whole game of strong side defensive end. That's that's the best way. We agree on that. It's the best way to put it. But yeah. versatility is what they care about. I mean, that that's really why I wanted Justin Adamiel to come back so much. It's not because, like, oh, he's a really good Viper. He's a great strong side end. It's that he does things. Now they have somebody that can do things. <laughs> it's 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 a tough. That's why I like Harper. He's like, well, can he play nickel? Yeah. Oh, good. He can play a couple things. If you can only play one thing, it's tougher right now, unless you're a great player, obviously. Yeah, Justin Adamalola's would would be a lot more stout against yeah. the run. But you know, that's that's a challenge for him. I'm sure he was in a great strength and conditioning program at Ohio State. He's walking into another one, and it'll be a great project for Matt Bayless to get uh, Jean Baptiste a little bit stronger. Um, yeah, let's let's uh, eight crystal balls. Well, first of all, let me mention the the committed players that were in town for the junior day quarterback CJ Carr, uh, running back Aeneas Williams, wide receiver Cam Williams. Is that right? There's two Williams. Yeah. I hadn't noticed that till now. Uh, offensive guard, I believe Peter Jones, and then defensive lineman Owen Wayful and cornerback Carson Hobbs. And uh, Notre Dame had uh, uh, not verbal commitments. Crystal ball, two 24-7 sports, crystal balls placed on eight players, Tom Loy specifically, defensive tackle Justin Scott, uh, who would be the crown jewel of this group, uh, but also defensive end um, Bryce Young, the son of of Bryant Young, and then brothers, twins, right? Twins, right? Uh, I don't think they can be in the same class otherwise. Well, they could be. They could be. That's possible, but they are twins. Uh, two twins out, two twins in. Jacob Smith, the defensive end. Jared Smith, defensive tackle. We'll talk more about them and their their uh, style of play. Offensive tackle, Styles Prescott. Irish Illustrated subscribers would have seen my, uh, or should have seen my film review of him yesterday. And then athlete Bronte Johnson. He's... Uh, Favored more, I think, by Notre Dame as a free safety as opposed to a wide receiver and linebacker Peyton Pierce. I think I was a little surprised to hear uh, that Tom Loy had placed a a crystal ball on uh, him to Notre Dame. But uh, those are the five. Let's start with, as I said, the crown jewel, Justin Smith. Tim? Well, the number one player to get is the position that he plays and he's the number one player it's the most important by far when you think about it um not just going by offer list but by the fact that it's i do agree with the sentiment out there that he's justin scott is a pretty important get considering where he's coming from as well I, i don't think you can lose out on him but the combination of power at nose tackle but the ability to play three-man fronts, four-man fronts. He is clearly the number one get here. And there's going to be a question on this later I don't want to step on, but I would keep going down the line, literally, when you say who you got to get here, because I think that's pretty important, <laughs> rebuilding what's what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's interesting that the, if they landed all the defensive linemen that they're predicted to land, that would be a five-man class. Um, and 
And I asked Marcus Freeman about this on signing day. Like I felt like there was an intentional shift towards like, can we get some length on the defensive line again? Um, and they're doing that. I mean, I, I look, I, Jacob Lacey was a good player and Howard Cross is a, is a very good player, but there's, I think there are limits. Um, not everyone can be Sheldon day. Um, and it's hard to carry a whole lot of weight and hold the point of attack and really dominate the line of scrimmage when you're trotting out guys who are six foot, six, one, six, two. So when you're seeing a lot of six fours, a six, five in there, uh, I think that is what a defensive line needs to look like. If you're really going to own the line of scrimmage, I mean, if you're going to be a deep, an offensive line, a defensive line driven program, you got to have guys who get off the bus and scare the crap out of you. Um, and I, I would say like last year's class and this year's class, if it finishes the way that it looks like it may, that would, that would check that box. I think you're absolutely right, Pete. I think that's very significant. Irish Illustrated subscribers, I think we'll be reading a story from Kevin Sinclair about that, to that topic, specifically the length of these players. Um, Tim, I, I mean, I, I think, I think Justin Scott looks like a nose tackle, but I think he's a three technique. I mean, I, yeah, skill, I, he has the athleticism, but he has the athleticism. Of the three There's technique, no doubt, but I just like getting a guy that can play nose tackle and be an athletic nose tackle. I don't think he would lose out after two years, his body with his strength and his ability to, to anchor. I think he'd be an athletic nose tackle. You just don't get a ton of those guys, but no, I'm I all for bringing in a nose tackle to let him play defensive tackle. And yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I wrote a film review today to, I mean, basically saying three technique, but you're right. He, I mean, it's, he could be a nose, but you know, learn to, to get to both points here. Nordame. I mean, you have to, you've got to have a, a, a power, some power in the middle of your, yeah. your defensive line. And Notre Dame doesn't, you know, Chris Zorich. Okay. Back, back yeah. in the day, uh, Lewis Nix. Yeah. Lewis. I mean, that's a, yeah. Lewis Nix now 11 years ago. Uh, but this guy's bit, this guy's longer and, 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 you know, he's a legit six, five, three, 10. Uh, and the guy that, the guy that I really compared him to was Dexter Lawrence from, from Clemson with, with real length. Yeah. Now, he played at 340. And I don't think, I don't think you want Justin Scott to play at 340. No. Uh, and I, I, you know, Tillery was not, uh, is a different body type too, but he was, yeah, a guy. I'm he's, sorry. He's the guy that, you know, they're in the playoffs his senior year when he was fully engaged. You know, yeah, no, you're right. Tackle. That, that's why they're in the, what part of the reason they're in the playoff, but you're right. It's, it's few and far between. I mean, Heinrich did a great job, but it's a different type of athlete. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, there's, I don't think yeah. there's much of an argument about who they need the most. In this. No, no, de definitely. I mean, you're right. And Tillery was long and he had, a, he was great at Notre Dame his yeah. last, his last couple of years. Uh, but, but uh, the point being that few and far between, uh, and, and this is a guy that they need. Um, absolutely. We have question about that. I guess we're tipping our hand a little bit about that, but uh, you know, I, I find Bryce Young, apparently Bryce Young measured at six, five and a quarter. When he came to Notre Dame this weekend, which is significant, uh, he's listed as an edge. When they say edge, do they mean both defensive ends, or are they specifically talking like a Viper? Because I don't think he's a Viper. I think he's going to be a strong side end. Well, defense I, has two edges. Yeah, well, I know. I, I, I get that, but I, I know what I, you're saying, I, Tim. But I, the other designation is interior, right? Interior OL, IOL. Yeah, is the I think other either designation. Your edge okay. or your interior. Well, I think yeah. he's strong side. I, I think he. I think he will grow into that. He's not there yet, but apparently he he measured at six five. Uh, 
which is great. Um, he's different than his dad. Uh, his, his dad was a uh, superstar. Um, you know, they could play inside and outside. I think, I think Bryce Young is definitely an outside guy. You can tell he's Bryant Young's kid because he's, he's smart. He's instinctive. He knows how to play the game. I think he's got a long way to go. Still pretty raw. He's still pretty new to the game. But I really like him, and I think strong side defensive end, ultimately, I'm going to be doing a film review on him, I think, tomorrow. And I think ultimately strong side defensive end is where he's at. But, I mean, he's he's always around the football, even at a young age, being a very young football player. I think he's really good. I think he's going to be really good. Who else stands out to you guys? Well, I like Jacob Smith, and I want to do Pete's quote from the last seven years, I think, <laughs> I've been on this with you guys. Uh, you know, you always say these guys are a take when it's a guy like Ade Ogundeji or whatever because Notre Dame needs edges. Jacob Smith's more than a take. He, he's a highly rated take, and I think that's that's what compliments your, your interior players the most is when you have Julian Aquara and the next guy coming in to do that because that's – can't get past how much how important it is to have strength inside and then one guy coming off the edge. Yeah, it's um I mean I realize their their 24/7 heights are a little subjective sometimes and guys can shrink 2 inches when they get to college, but if you're listed at 6'5, it means you're at least 6'3. Um and again it get, it gets back to length. Like when you're taking a a developmental pass rusher, he better be long and lean and somebody you can build with and Jacob Smith is long and lean and somebody you can build on. Um so I I like those. I mean, I like um, the kid from Fort Wade, Bronte Johnson. Um, it, yeah. I remember seeing him at camp um, and just being, again, long, lean. Um, I think Fort Wayne football is generally underrated uh, in terms of like how competitive it is. So um, I like that aspect of it as well. So that's, I think you'd, somebody, again, you'd, a six foot three safety, or maybe he's just six foot two. Either either way, that's a little bit more size than I think what Notre Dame has had over the years. He looks whatever he's listed at, he looks long. Yes. I mean, he's tall he looks it, he's yeah. long. He's <laughs> exactly. at least he's at least six two. And I think I think he has I think he's a we're talking again uh, for everybody. We're talking about Bronte Johnson. I think he is a naturally aggressive physical safety. Now he's really got to grow into his body. He's pretty thin. If you look at look at the film of Bronte Johnson's legs i mean he's re- he's really he really has to fill out but i think he's naturally aggressive and i like him better uh back there to the point about the smiths um i think jared smith the um the shorter of the two is probably the most of of the two he's the mo- mo- more physically prepared to play because again jacob smith is is longer and that's not that's not unexpected i think you know, I I think it would be great if Jared Smith was a legit six three, which is what he's listed at, because he might be, he might be able to play strong side end for you. Uh, he but he might anyway. He might be a versatile enough guy to do that. Um, Jacob Smith is going to need a little bit more time to develop as a, as a uh, edge guy, but uh, I think he's pretty good. I Styles Prescott is a really good athlete. He's listed at six six two eighty. Really quick first step, great feet. Uh, natural pass blocker. Um, you know what he does, like most offensive linemen that bug the crap out of me in high school. They're falling on guys that are on the ground. Please stop <laughs> doing that. Please stop doing that. 
instead of instead of this, I want a new stat in high school football with offensive linemen. Forget the pancake, especially if you're a highly recruited guy. You're going, yes, you're going to destroy people that are 60 pounds less than you. Yeah. yeah How about keep track of you destroy one guy and you move move on and block another guy? I want whatever double double blocks. I want a new stat for high school football because <laughs> it means what you're never going to your coach is immediately going to stop you from falling on a player that's on the ground. It's not helping your team at all. I know no, this it's is, just, I mean, it's just like, I want to see athletes. I mean, it's uh, right. you can stay teach out, the stay technique. I like the attitude, like the hustle, but uh, the, I'm going to torment somebody who probably wouldn't make the team at DePaul is not yeah. something that's going to translate I, at Notre Dame. I'm astonished. High school refs don't call a personal foul. I, I, you, I I'm astonished that you don't see that. It's it's giving them the business. Come on. <laughs> I, I know one thing, Jimmy Burns film review from other sites talked about how mean and nasty he was finishing off blocks past the echo of the whistle. And I'm not sure you really need that. As no. uh, Priester pointed out because you should be able to knock down that future biology major. Yeah. yeah. But Styles Prescott's a, a very, very talented offensive lineman. I'm only saying that because that's, you know, those are the kind of things that it, 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 it serves no purpose for you. Not playing against future biology majors is Peyton Pierce. However, he's not, uh, Texas 5A situation. That's not. Yeah. Now I find him. Uh, he's interesting. I think he's Bertrand like only I'm not sure that he's as tall as Bertrand, but he's really aggressive and physical. Uh, my concern with him is just frame is, is just frame because he plays football. Like he wants to hurt somebody. And I really like, I like that about his game. Uh, in I addition, I don't, I don't share the same concern all the time about linebacker frames just because they've had so many guys that break the mold. But then again, there's a mold for a reason. So maybe maybe you're onto something there. That's you know how that works. I mean, there's some guys that are just they do. well, Drew White. I mean, look, and they're physical. Look, they're yeah. yeah. Look how good Drew White was. Right. Well, he yeah, he's the number one. He yeah. Now you can't keep getting the Drew White mold and assuming it's going no, to work out. No. But he definitely had the screw loose that that allowed him to. Yeah. What, did, what did Clark Lee call it? He has a, like a, he, I think he quoted point break. He has a mechanism. Something goes off when he's playing. Yeah. What was it? Pete, remember what he said? I mean, he basically said he was crazy when the game. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, it's just like, I mean, that took a couple of years though. Right. I mean, it was like yeah. you had the skiing accident. I mean, Joe Schmidt would be another example of that. And I realized yeah. that people who follow recruiting are not like this guy reminds you of Joe Schmidt. They don't take that as a compliment, but it's, I, I don't know. College football in 2023. Uh, I'm not sure. Look, Manti Teo would play in any era, but I don't think that's what middle linebackers look like anymore. No, so. they don't. No. So, I mean, look, Notre Dame is in a situation where sometimes that's going to be the case, and it still is the case because J.D. Bertrand's uh, height-wise is undersized. I, you know, I mean, he's he's compact and strong and, and, and you know, built tough like you want. But uh, uh, in addition, uh, this weekend, the early entries arrived, and – I kind of have a list here. Quarterback Kenny Minchie, uh, three receivers, Jaden Greathouse, Braylon James, Rico Flores, as well as Virginia Tech transfer Caleb Smith. Here to henceforth, I am going to be referring to Caleb Smith and KK Smith until I'm told otherwise. Uh, KK Smith has not arrived yet. He's not an early entry freshman, uh, but Sam Pendleton is. He is the one of the five offensive linemen that has arrived early. Uh, none of the defensive linemen. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not true. Devin Houston is one of the four uh, defensive linemen that has arrived early. 
and three linebackers, Drake Bowen, Jaden Osbury, Preston Zinter, cornerback Christian Gray, and then two safeties, Adon Schuler and Ben Minnick. We have questions on those guys in, in our second segment with our uh, uh, with our questions. But um, And I don't want to jump ahead of that, but I did just want to mention those guys, and maybe we should just leave it at that because if we comment any further, it will cut into the questions that we have in the second segment. So anything else, uh, Tim, maybe last thing, our top 40, we, we completed our top 40 with uh, relatively from the 2022 season. That is relatively little controversy with our picks. I think some people were surprised we had Isaiah Foskey fourth, but that was just because of the voting. I, because I had, I had Jared Patterson ahead of uh, Joe Alt. They're both great this year. I Joe Alt was named an All-American. I don't know exactly who was named an All-American at guard. But by my by my vantage point every week when going over the film, I thought Jared Patterson played like an All-American at left guard this year. Yeah, we were only slightly different. I think mine was uh, the tweak in the top 10. Obviously, it was Mayer was one. Uh, I had Alt, Patterson, Foskey, Bracey, Morrison, Bertrand, and I believe you had Bertrand ahead of those two. I had Bracey, Morrison, Bertrand, Estimate, Diggs, and I'm guessing it was Blake Fisher, number 10, just because I now yeah, I'm that's it wasn't Blake Fisher, up. number 10. So I hopefully it was Blake Fisher, number 10. Um, uh, so yeah, I don't think the... we had major, I don't think we had major uh, disagreements at all. I think the funniest thing was we were taken to task for John Sott not being in the top two or three <laughs> by our subscribers, which means they're paying attention. Good job, guys. You guys. Yeah, they were. I think he ended up 20th on our, our list. Yeah, that was he's, too low. he's a punter. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, he beat 49 snaps, 49 snaps. Yeah. I mean, I, I wrote, have to look at. I wrote as my preview. This is too low, but I just kept him there anyway. Yeah. I think the biggest controversy was Maris Leofau. We had it 21st. And if you think about that, there are 22 offensive and defensive starters and we had them 21st. I mean, I don't, you know, he was fourth on the team in and tackles. And he I made, would rate him ahead of the safeties. So here we go. There's 21. I, right. <laughs> like, gotta look no, at right there. Exactly. But I think Leofau is many times viewed by fans the same way Bertrand is. And that is when he makes good plays, you ignore it. And it's the only thing you remember are the bad plays. And that's that's definitely true of Bertrand because he makes more so of Bertrand even. De- oh, yeah, definitely. Bertrand makes a ton of great plays yeah. uh, and he doesn't get credit for him. But that's our vantage point. It also happens to be all Golden's vantage point as well. Pete, you got any uh, any opinion? I know you don't know how we rated these guys, but. Any any uh, thoughts on uh, like your so- top five or. Yeah, I mean, I I would have it the way that you guys had it. Um, and I remember when we had to fill out our All American teams for the Athletic, I was sort of poking around with Notre Dame about like, all right, I'm not an evaluator of offensive linemen, but like, tell me like where you think Alton Patterson should be. And like, the feedback I got was like, they thought that Alt played at a first team All American level for a good part of the season, and they thought that Patterson was more of a third team All American. So I was like, okay, that that sort of cinched it for me that Alt would be above Patterson. Yeah, like, I mean, but that's but Patterson was more important to the the team, the program, right? Just in terms of like leadership, right? Well, and, so there's value there too. too. But that's you don't you don't make an All American team and, based and on choosing, leadership and choosing to play in the bowl game. Yes, that that definitely went into my vote as well. I would. I mean, that's fair enough from the outside looking in, saying one was first team, one was third team. I would disagree because. I broke down Notre Dame's film every week and I thought Patterson was a, was 
Patterson got more push than anybody by far on a consistent basis. I'm confident in saying that. So it's all good. Left side of Notre Dame's offensive line was great this year, and I think we all agree on that. Coming back, segment two, burning up the boards. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is Mike Brown, former Notre Dame leprechaun, here to share the Leprechaun's Game Day at Notre Dame, an officially licensed children's book that celebrates the magic of a football Saturday at Notre Dame. Follow me on an adventure from Step Off Under the Golden Dome to ND Stadium with this perfect gift for fighting Irish fans. Visit www.lepgameday.com and enter Irish to get your author signed copy today. Go Irish! Here's another Irish tale from Do Dublin at dodublin.ie. Have you ever felt uneasy signing a lease for a house or a car? You'll know a little how Arthur Guinness felt when in 1759 he signed a 9,000-year lease for the St. James Gate Brewery in Dublin. He was a shrewd businessman, of course, because over 250 years later, the annual payment remains just £45. Want to find out more? Be sure you do Dublin with Do Dublin Tours. Segment two of Burning Up the Boards, and our first question comes from Jack Watt 252 I'm almost certain a few of those guys committed on junior day trip. Can you say how many committed by chance? And subscribe, right, Tim Priester? There we go. What? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, other than Justin Scott, who's going to announce in two weeks, so I, he probably didn't commit, right? Because he's got something set up for January 31st. I don't know. Why would the other guys... Why would they be silent commitments? Uh, I don't know. I think Samson has a different perspective on that than I do, but. I, I, I mean, they, they make their recruiting commitment videos, which are the production value of these things seems to get higher and higher every year. And it's, I mean, look back to junior days last year. I mean, somebody like Jaden Lamar was committed for two months silently before he announced, I think. Yeah, guys but I'm like talking to about face out their commitments. You know what I mean? Like th- yeah, publicly. That's they can all yes. be silent at one time, but then they want their own day and they got their video and, you know, maybe they want to do something at their school and, you know, yeah, so I get, well, so then forth. I guess the most obvious would be Bryce Young, but Bryce Young is Bryant's son. And I think that he probably does look at Duke and Tennessee and say, you know, I want to think about this a little bit before. I don't know. I don't know the answer to the question. Tom Loy might know the answer to the question, but he's not with us here today. And he's not um, saying, so take that. Everybody. And he is not, and he's yeah. not saying. And if I asked, he probably wouldn't tell me because he'd be fearful that I might say it. So, and that's fair. And <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, out, no, huh? Tom's very wise in that way. And that's, yes. that's, that's, a, that's a, that might be a fair assumption on his part. So uh, I don't know. I, I don't, you know, maybe the next couple questions are a little bit more pertinent. Uh, one from Thomas Tune 18, which is if you had to pick four players from Tom Lloyd's crystal ball picks Monday that Notre Dame has to get, who would they would they be? And then the the 
corollary to that is Martin Evenflow of the eight crystal ball picks over under five and a half kids who will sign with Notre Dame. Let's start with the first one, Tim. Uh, how would you, who are the ones that they have to get and who, uh, how would you rank the top four? Well, I think we started with this one. Scott yeah. is one. Um, Jacob, the twin is two. I am in the Prescott three and Tate Johnson, Bronte Johnson four, although you can switch them because I like rangy safeties that can grow into that role. Um, so you I only say have... Pre- I only say Prescott because they keep getting guys I believe are guards, like most of the last class for my in my viewpoint. Right. So that's why I elevated him up. That's more of a need based situation. I think. So you wouldn't I like have... having true tackles. Uh, you wouldn't have Jared Smith in your top four. Yeah, he's. Pre- I mean, he. No, I. I just that's another need based thing. Like I said, if you want to start this off, just give me the four linemen, yeah. and then we can call the day. But. Get help other positions too. Yeah, Pete, Scott Johnson, Young, Jacob Smith. Because yes. I think with Wayful already there, mm-hmm. like the the sort of swing D tackle strong side end role is like yeah. is less needy. I'm not. I I don't. I'm not picking Bryce Young because I think he'll end up at Notre Dame. I guess. I so I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Just looking at it a little bit differently. And I apparently I was told that I said Justin Smith in the first segment, and I promise you it won't be the last time, but it is Justin Scott number one. I would put Prescott number two for the reasons that you say, T.O., that that he's a true left tackle. Right. He's got great feet, he's got great size, he's very aggressive. And so I won him. And then I would put the Smiths next, and I you know, I think Jared Smith is more physically ready to play. So I might pick actually pick him third because of that. And Jacob Smith fourth, but you're, I, I like, you know, with you, Pete, I like the, I like the length of Bronte Johnson at safety. And I think Bryce Young is going to be a very, very good, good football player. I really, you know, do. the reason I don't often do not all, not some of the time you need to, like it would have been great at safety this year to have a safety that was ready to come in and play, but Julian Aquara was in no way ready to come in and play. And MTA kind of proved that he was, but two years later, I would want Julian Aquara every time over MTA and MTA was a good player. That's why I want to use two good players as an example. So that's the only reason why um, I really think the press God thing is I, I, they just, in my opinion, got so many interior linemen in the last hall. So maybe I should bump him up. And then Johnson's just fun to watch on film. Cause you keep thinking of him playing safety. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Type. I mean, I, he's really, he, you know, he's again, talk about kids more physical for their own good. He's just not <laughs> filled out yet, uh, but he's physical and he likes to hit people. And, and, and I think that that's a, that's a really good thing. Uh, What's your over second? under five and a half, five and a half crystal balls. Over I, on that I, one. I yeah, mean, I, de- I definitely take over on that. I think, you know, it's kind of like Bert, bad plays by Bertrand. We, the the de, the decommitment wow. no yeah. from the standpoint that the decommitment stand out so much that you don't actually recognize that most of the guys and they're they're not they're not verbally committed yet I you know I know the crystal ball but I mean if Tom Loy is 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 yeah that's, his, that's you know, he's got a lot to. of he's got a lot of confidence I think it's over five and a half I do too, uh, I, all, sure. I, all I I just hope that the crystal ball for Justin Scott is 
proves accurate. That is the most important one by far because that that's a game changer for Notre Dame's defense. I mean, it's this is a collection of private school kids and in-state kids. Those are those track well to Notre Dame all the time. I don't think Justin Scott is like if there was a reach here, it's Justin Scott. Everyone else, I feel like Notre Dame signs this kind of kid every year. Um, so I think these are the these are the kind of kids that usually make up the core of your class if you're Notre Dame. I would agree. Uh, moving on to Statman 72. Notre Dame has incoming transfers at four positions of need: quarterback, defensive line, safety, and wide receiver. Uh kicker as well but somehow it seems nordame should be even more active in the portal what is a reasonable number of incoming transfers to expect on an annual basis six you lose 10 to 12 to 15 every year that includes fifth year guys you know fifth year grant right. transfers that they right. have to count um for, fourth year guys with one year of eligibility left two, yeah, yeah right um I think six is the five and six is the minimum nowadays in the new, in the new nowadays, however long that lasts. Uh, I don't think four would be cutting it again. Like four, four seemed like the right amount. Remember was that had to be 2020 Skoranek and States and those guys that they were four. I think six is a good number. I think it just depends on the year, but I would, you know, six is usually going to be better than four. Um, You know, I think that the, the, but if you said that it was, if they just could get, these four guys on an annual basis, I think that would be great. I mean, one surefire starter, one of the 10 most important guys on the team, if not the five most important guys on the team. And then you fill need positions. Like hopefully you don't have, hopefully you don't have a need for a, a Jean Baptiste two years down the road. I feel um, like you will, even if you're good, because they go pro. That's the one way I look at it. Just, you just lose guys if you're better too. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, I think it's, it, I think it's notable these are all grad transfers. I don't think that uh, Notre, Notre Dame's. I don't think there's been a lot of changes about how Notre Dame is viewing the transfer portal uh, or processing the transfer portal. Grad transfers continue to be much more, I guess, greased up to get into Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, you know, undergrads it's more complicated. Unless you're uh, like a Brandon Joseph, you know, unless you're coming from Stanford, and I really thought Notre Dame would make some headway with some of Stanford's players and that hasn't happened but to put a number on it i do think it's a, a year-to-year thing but somewhere in the five to six i think is yeah is is a reasonable number and stat man i mean you said you thought nerdy would be more active in the portal i you know i mean just because it isn't for public consumption doesn't mean they're not active maybe maybe you mean you know actually successful successful in 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 approaching them and signing them and I guess it kind of ties a little bit into the next question from Irish CFB 747. Do you feel with the veteran portal additions at edge and nickel combined with Cam Hart and DJ Brown coming back, the younger guys will be able to round out collectively uh, a sound collectively sound defense. I don't think they're done. I mean, the portal closes. It was a 45 day window. It started December 5th. And it closes this Thursday, January 19th. It will reopen again on May 1st. I, I, I don't think Notre Dame's done. I, I, at least, you know, I, it, it, they are still active in the port. They still need a defensive tackle. 
They still need a safety, whether DJ they absolutely Parker. need a defensive tackle. There, that's yeah. a need. That's a need position to, to round out a reasonably strong defense. Do you think you, do you guys think they'll still get a, a, a tackle and or uh, safety? I don't know about safety, but I think they'll get a tackle. I'm just wondering if it, I, I wrote about it yesterday. I think he needs to be better than Chris Smith, who did his job and they got Chris Smith in an emergency situation when they lost K and I, I, that's why Chris Smith was brought into Notre Dame. Chris Smith did fine. I think you need a better one this year than Chris Smith. I would agree with that. I mean, but they needed a receiver last year and didn't get one. So to sit here and say that they're going to get a defensive tackle, I just, you know, I don't Fair think enough. we can say that. I think they'll continue. Would you agree? They'll continue to pursue. Yeah. They're going to continue to pursue that. They could continue to pursue an offensive guard. I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule that out. And Tim, when you said, you know, okay, the, so the portal's closing and there's, there are players out on Notre Dame's roster that we anticipated would, would have entered the portal by now. So, I mean, unless something happens between happens between now and Thursday, which could very well happen, those guys are going to presumably go through spring practice, right? And then a decision will be made at that point. Uh, because I wouldn't say all of them would go through spring practice, but some of them probably would. Well, if they're not in the portal now, I mean, why wouldn't they put their name in the portal now if they weren't going to go through spring practice? Like Aiden Kanan, I expect to go through spring practice. I expect he will go through spring practice too. I just don't expect all the like nine more guys that I want him on the roster. This <laughs> I do too, but that's I... we're we're in a, we're in agreement on that one, Tim. <laughs> but so are most people listening to us. Can I I pound my I want him on the roster. You gotta open your you open your first question to Freeman with that. So let me talk to you about the guy, the third string nose tackle that got in a little bit late last year. <laughs> they do need him though. It's like a portal edition. It, it would be like a portal uh, edition. It really is. Game. I think he can. I think he can play. I, I think he can play. I think he can help them. Uh, but we'll find out. It'll be an interesting spring for him, uh, provided that he is out there. And I, I think we're expecting that at this point. Next from Midlow Irish, Notre Dame has a rich history of fantastic tight ends dating back to Dave Casper, who is the leading candidate for the next great tight end, not the next starter, but the next great tight end. So this was a question submitted, I think, after our deadline last week, and I wanted to, uh, I wanted to save it. Uh, shout out to Chris on this one, um, and it's a good question because not not necessarily the next starter, which is probably Mitchell Evans. Um, if it's anybody on the roster, I would say Eli Raritan. I, I think Eli Raritan has <coughs> great pass catching skills. <clears throat> And uh, if he can stop having issues with his right. ACLs, I think that he's got a chance to be a pretty dynamic pass catcher. Otherwise, I think Holden stays is going to be, you know, I think he's got a lot of skill too. But if we're talking about the next great, uh, I think Raritan has that pass catching ability. Otherwise, I would say somebody that's not on the roster. If Raritan hadn't hurt his knee twice, I would have said he would have been the next great tight end at Notre Dame. Um now it might be again. Is it the same one or I different one? Do you, you mm. Tim, you remember? No, I I wrote down. I was there. Are so people listening the, to this in the Cam Hart situation? I was so interested in seeing how many times the surgeries were there. It is. Right. I'll find out. Bad radio. I'll find out while we're doing it. Yeah, it is I agree good. with you, Pete. Though, I, if Raiden did not have two ACLs and if he kept playing last year and didn't have to enter another off season with an ACL injury. I would say he would be. Now he is still my clear choice to be if someone on the roster is going to be. 
Okay, I'm not going to rule him out. And I have two words, Drew Tranquil. Oh, I'm not, we're not, we're saying if he did not have that injury, we wouldn't even hesitate. Okay. It would definitely yeah. be, we would, we wouldn't even, the but, question. Oh, would okay. Be, but you're saying, it could, yeah. you're saying it could still be Raritan. For sure. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But we're fault. saying if, if he was healthy, it will be Raritan. Gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Be, I would have been let shaking me, my head at the question, wondering how you could possibly ask it if Raritan yeah. was healthy is the big difference, yeah. I think. All right. Let me fine tune my hearing skills and we'll move <laughs> on to the next question, which is, can't upchuck what Notre Dame uh, football alum has surprised you the most in the NFL success or lack thereof. I, um, I, I think we're, I, I mean, just looking at present day players, that's kind of how I took it. Right. Yeah. So you, we're trying to do like the last 15 years or so. 20 years. Matthias Farley for me um, is probably number one on the success in the NFL, but like, I would put Drew Tranquil up there since he was just mentioned. Um, Multiple you know, injuries. It's like there, there are a lot of guys who are tough, um, that are smart, that are dedicated to watching film in the league. Um, but two ACLs are two ACLs. It's hard. That's hard to overcome. Uh, and he's done a really nice job doing that. Plus a broken ankle, I think. I mean, he had a yeah, he got he hurt in the NFL injury mass. in the pros. Yeah, I I guess I I, I apologize. I kind of looked at this as present day guys. Uh, in the NFL. And I know he had two ACLs, but there's two guys that I wouldn't put anything past when it comes to just accomplishing things on a football field. One would be Drew Tranquil. And again, we're talking about current, current guys. Uh, the other would be Alohi Gilman, who I think, I mean, I just, I love, I love the way he played in Notre Dame and his, his heart and soul and everything, every fiber of his being is in it. And um, he's still in the NFL. It's been uh, several years now. And I'm not surprised by those two. Those two. Now, did did we think that Zach Martin was going to be an absolute total shoe in for the Hall of Fame? No, there's like, there's different yeah. levels here, and I'm glad you brought that up. Um, Zach Martin, I thought would be a yeah, what's the what's the old phrase we like to use? A ten year starting NFL pro, um, but I did not think he'd be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I also did not think, on topic, as a Notre Dame college student and 49ers fan, that Bryant Young would be an NFL Hall of Famer and better than Chris Zorich comparatively during the same era of going to the NFL. That's my biggest surprise. And uh, I didn't think Ryan Grant would be good in the NFL, the running back. Yeah. it was. And Brock Wright. Brock Wright. Brock, I was going to say Brock believe Wright. Brock Wright's NFL career. Congratulations I, to him. That's yeah, I was going to say Brock Wright and Durham Smythe. Saw him all over the field yeah. last night, too. Uh, and they're scoring touchdowns. Yeah, no, it's not just like he's really you know, if you said Brock Wright's gonna carve out a niche being a run a good blocker for a he heavy run team in the NFL for seven years, like all right, that's fine. But he's he's a much better tight end than he was in college. Yeah. A, yeah, no doubt. I mean, we were told he was stiff. He wasn't he wasn't good enough. Yeah, yeah no, right. that's too exactly. He was just stuck behind other hurt. NFL tight ends, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I you know, I agree. I great for those guys. I mean, I'm really happy for Brock Wright, especially because uh yeah, he was not given much of a shot at all at Notre Dame and and uh and look at him. I you know, loved Harrison Smith that I think uh he's even better than he's even better than we thought he was gonna be. Yeah, he's you know, that that's that's my whole point. I mean, we all love we all love Harry. Uh who else? Robert Hainsey's snapping the football to. I thought Brady, I thought Brady Quinn would be better. 
Um, I knew I thought Jimmy Clausen was too physically not was not physically strong enough to be in the league, despite how great of a passer he is. Um, I thought Kaiser would stick eventually, but it kind of matters where you go in those situations as well. I wouldn't yeah, have like put a, a lot of money Julian on Kaiser Love's sticking. Not like Julian Love. I knew he was going to make it somewhere. I knew um, Julian Love would make it. I didn't think Jerry Tillery would stay long. You know, uh, Equinemius St. Brown. I was skeptical yeah. that he would have a pro career just because I felt like he was kind of stiff in college, but you know, I didn't have great quarterback play when he was here. And like, he's, he's still kicking around in the league and playing. I, I agree with you. I think that he found one of the worst receiving cores to, to make it with, with the bears, but I, you know, I would agree. He's still around. And, uh, but in fairness to him, they'll just replace you with a young guy if you're not worth it. And he's proven worth it. Yeah, Kavari Russell would be almost at the top of my list of like, whoa, I, th- I thought he would That's be in the league choice. for a half dozen years. And he was in the league for about, I think he got cut in his first training camp. Yeah. yeah. That's a good choice. I don't know how long Ben Skoranek is in the NFL, but. Already overachieved. He has a Super Bowl ring. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, he established himself right out of the shoot and, uh, and good for him. This is, we could devote an entire segment on this. I mean, Nick, I keep seeing Nick McLeod pop up on my screen when when he's playing as well so really good question uh another question from the rick Endy: which early enrollee excites you the most and he's saying uh incoming freshmen only not transfers uh well in terms of his career it's christian gray does he mean the immediate i don't know answer however you'd like uh well i had osbury and christian gray pretty high in my Rankings, so I would say those guys excite me the most. I think a healthier Jaden Greathouse would be the one that would excite me the most for next year. But coming off injury, that's a tough situation. How about Schuler being the most important that is not on my top five list of exciting me the most? He would be great to be completely, not that I don't think he'll be good, but I had him at what, 16, 17? I would love to see Schuler show up and help the safeties because they need help. Uh, great house or floor is for me. I'm not, I, I think I just sort of see them together. Those are the two receivers that I think the staff views as most ready to contribute. Um, Polished. Yeah. So I think yeah. one of them will, uh, great house has, what does he have, Tim? And yeah. yeah. Menis, meniscus. I believe yeah. Still battling yeah. Through, but I mean, that cannot that cannot matter in April. And then all of a sudden, yeah, it, it, it may it not. And, and, and that's, I, that's why I wrote him down first. I don't, you know, I have to admit coming up, and I don't know how the heck to evaluate Flores because I've been burned too many times with guys that I say don't have a big catch radius, and then and then they then they excel, and then vice versa, guys with a big catch radius that don't excel. So I'm not sure, but I'm looking forward to him. I completely agree with you on Schuler. Boy, wouldn't that be great if if he hit the ground running? Yeah, he gets a better Spring. chance than Christian Gray. I like. I think I'm just going with Christian Gray because I think he's really good. I do Christian too. Gray has yeah. to go through four. He has two starters and two reserves that are good that he yeah. has to go through at cornerback. But I want to, regardless whether Gray cracks the depth chart, I want to. I want to see if did, yeah. if what we saw in high school is that really what we saw in high school? Or does it translate? Then, then he's he's going to crack the depth chart if that's really what we saw in high school. Yeah, like yeah. And Morrison I'm looking did. forward to that. And I want to see how. You know, again, not a, not from a depth chart standpoint. We can interpret this question any way we want, but um, I want to see Kenny Mitchell throw the football because I, his high school accuracy was ridiculous. He goes to a camp with a bunch of great quarterbacks and wins the most accurate award. Uh, I want to see it. He, you know, and Devin Houston's a guy that they probably would like to see 
do some things quickly as well. I'm not sure exactly what position it'll be, but um, he's one of the guys I'm looking forward to seeing. Next question comes from Kubuffs. Is there anything that Drew Pine did at quarterback that we may have taken for granted and will miss next year? I love that question. I think it's that's a really a good, good question. question. It is. It is a good question because the first reaction I'm sure of a lot of fans is no, there's no way Sam Hartman's great. And uh, Sam Hartman threw 26 interceptions on his last 936 passes. That's a big body of work. The last two years, that's an interception every 36 passes. So the one thing that comes to mind with me with true pine would be at least he protected the football pretty well with just six interceptions. Yeah. I mean, that's probably, that's probably the thing you'd miss is protection of the football, but plays made is important. Just as important. No doubt uh, about it. Interesting note on true pine. I just happened to see it here on throws over 20 yards. Pete Sampson's favorite stat. He had 10 touchdowns and no picks. There you go in your face. Just 10 touchdowns, touchdowns and no picks. Huh? Now, it, now mid range, he had four well, touchdowns he didn't throw and yeah. five picks, six yeah. picks. But that's right. I, I would not honestly, have guessed he had I, 10 touchdowns. I would, no be, I would be shocked if at any point next season the fan base was like, man, I really miss Drew Pine. Yeah, I would, I would too. I mean, that's just, and that's as much a testament to, well, it's probably, it's combination, but it's testament it's, to, Har- to me. It's all, that is 100%. About Sam Hartman. Yeah. Sam Hartman. Do you think is, if Sam Hartman turns his ankle to start the year against Navy and Tyler Buckner is the starter, people are going to miss Drew Pine? I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, I, 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 that would be my biggest concern if I was a Notre Dame fan at that point. Yeah. But I'm saying, I don't, I think people want to see Buckner succeed as well. I think Tyler Buckner could succeed. And yeah. I don't, I think you would take Tyler Buckner's great with his bad as opposed to Pine's all middle. Yeah, and I think you'll absolutely take the bad with what Hartman is capable of doing in right. terms of making plays. 100%. Yeah, no doubt about it. Next, uh, W. Jason P. Yes. Initial thoughts on where Notre Dame might turn for their next basketball coach. Um, I don't want to get too deep in this, but I do want to throw some names out there that I think are fairly well-known and common. Uh, well, certainly from the NBA, Chris Quinn, and we've mentioned Sean Sweeney before. Uh, Sweeney's 38. Quinn is holds Chris Quinn. Figured that out for me, Tim. Um, I think a couple other names that are that are natural connections would be Darian DeVries from Drake, uh, who's done a really, really nice job there. He's 47 years old. He was Missouri Valley Conference Coach of the Year a couple of years ago at 26 and five. He's done a very nice job at Drake. Uh, Pat Kelsey is 47 years old from Charleston. Uh, he made his name at Winthrop. Charleston is 19 and one this year in his second year. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say Mike White, and I know there's a lot of people that didn't like his dad as AD at Notre Dame, so they're not going to like Mike White as a, as a candidate, as the coach, but I think he did a decent job at Florida and he's off to a, a pretty good start at Georgia. He's 45 years old. And then an interesting can, I think, is Micah Shrewsbury, who's at Penn State. He was at Purdue as an assistant under uh, Matt Painter, and he was with the Celtics. Um, you know, Penn State basketball doesn't get a lot of notoriety. He's 46 years old. They're 12 and 5. They're 3 and 3 in the conference. That is not a definitive list. I'm not saying Notre Dame is going to get one of those coaches. Uh, 
but again, as as we said several times, we Irish Illustrated uh, expects a change at the end of the year, and I think those are some of the names will, that could or would be on the list. I think a yeah, couple of those guys would crawl to ND as well. Uh, my colleague at the Athletic, Matt Fortuna, is a Penn State guy, uh, very high on Shrewsbury. Yeah. Um, thought that would be a good fit. And I, I believe he spent some time at IUSB um, during his career. Um, so that's, and I believe uh, at some point he coached at DePauw as well. So, I mean, there's, what's not the Is that like? right? Yeah. Well, I didn't know. I didn't know. I guess I didn't go deep enough into looking at him because I had like five minutes before the podcast. Now these are guys, now these are guys. These are guys that uh, have come up from a couple different places, and I don't think that I'm. I don't think I'm walking into un, uh, you know territory here that that yeah. shouldn't be broached. Um, but you know, Notre Dame basketball fellow one and six. They played a night at home against Florida state and, and my second Tuesday in a row with two bad basketball teams pitted against one another. Hey, you got uh, overtime out of that. That was extra. That was extra bad basketball. Oh, wow. Basketball. Thanks for the bonus that you consider that a bonus Georgia tech and Notre Dame going to OT. They, they often go to OT. That's it was it, Notre Dame should have defeated Syracuse the other night. And, yeah. and I want to, I want to point this out. Um, it wasn't an old team that beat them. It was four freshmen on the floor for Syracuse down the stretch and Notre Dame's old team did not come through and they didn't, you know, how many times have we seen where their three point shooting, which was 14 for 27 out of the shoot ended up being one for 10 down the stretch and the, and they, and they lost the game and it was a game they should have won. Um, and so therefore we, uh, we, we talk about some other names. Okay. We're going to uh, wrap up with a question from Medward. One three nine one, and the question is: Twenty four seven Sports, or for Pete, the Athletic, is sending you to cover another college football program for the next three hundred sixty five days. You'll magically be provided with an equivalent level of sources as you have now. It's your choice of which program to go cover. Where do you go? I, I, I let me just throw out that somebody said, oh, "Come on, it's obvious you go to USC so you can scout the hell out of them." And I was just going to pick USC anyway. Okay. Well, um, your reasons why, Tim? Intriguing. I, I like the intriguing program if Lincoln Riley stays there. Um, the access would be interesting to Lincoln Riley and their approach to the transfer portal. Uh, that's, I think that's a good one. And I would not have picked USC if Lincoln Riley wasn't there. So I guess that's probably one of the main reasons I choose USC for the year. They, I mean, they would be interesting. I'll just to be different. I'll go with Texas. Cause I think that's like a soap opera and everyone loves a good soap opera story, but I just want to be clear at the end of the year, like I don't have to stay there. Not that Austin is terrible. I love Austin, but I, I don't think I would enjoy covering Texas for more than one season. We love Austin when Notre Dame goes to play there, especially. Um, I think Oregon would be fascinating with mm. with the, with the the money flow going on there. Uh, Tim, I have to agree with the USC. I'm mean, kind of fascinated by that. As a Midwestern guy, you could send me to Michigan or Ohio State. I think that would be Ohio. Yeah, Ohio State's an interesting. I think that would be. I'd I'd love to see. You know, I mean, look, it's the SEC and Ohio State. Right. Michigan's kind of been a bit of an interloper here the last couple of years, but <laughs> two, two in a row. Clemson, of course, of course, too. But it's, 
it's the SEC and just a couple of programs. Uh, Dabo would Dabo would probably be interesting to be around for a year. How'd could, you like no, to be? Could not do that one. I would not. No. I would not choose him. I would not. How about that. how about A and M with Jimbo Fisher? Nope, that's miserable. I don't want to cover I, a coaching I would, change. Either. I would. Think no, thank that, you. Yeah, I think my, covering a coaching change is bad too. Sometimes my delicate that. senses would be demeaned one too many times by by Jimbo <laughs> Fisher. I think so. Uh, anyway, there's some options there, and I thought that was a really good question from Medward one three nine one. We're going to wrap up with that one. We intend to be back on Monday, January twenty third, and um, we'll just keep it rolling. I'm not sure. I'm not. Well, I guess we were kind. We kind of anticipate with the junior day coming up that this would be jam packed with information from that. Yeah, Tim. I think we are back Tuesday next week again. We are back Tuesday and next week. Thank you. I screw it up every week, so uh, I appreciate that. Yes, uh, O'Malley's got a. Melly has an excursion. Uh, I do have a, I have a nice assignment. You want to share that? You, you want to share that? Yes. I will be uh, taking in the Zach Martin's uh, next playoff game. But uh, if I talk to Zach prior to the game, I, maybe I can hide my 49er allegiance and t-shirt or whatever I'll be wearing there, but I will be at the 49ers Cowboys playoff game, which is a remarkable thing for me to do. I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. Well, that's great. Give our best to McGlinchey. So to clarify, we will, uh, our next podcast will be a week from today. It will be Tuesday, January 24th. The next time we record Irish Illustrated Insider.